What is up, friends? I hope your day is fabulous, and I hope after this it's even more fabulous. (laughs) Thank you so much for tuning in today. If you are new here, I just want to welcome you. I am so grateful you took a chance, opened up this podcast, and my hope is that this message resonates with you, and it not only encourages you, but it empowers you, because I know that food is hard, and we feel like it shouldn't be, but it is. It is. So I'm really glad you're here. And guys, if you're returning, thank you. Thanks for coming back. And yeah, it's going to be a good one. Today, we're talking about the things that could be keeping you from food freedom. And I'm really excited to unpack this because I'll tell you what, a few months ago, I did some market research and a lot of you were so awesome. You sent me some feedback and I just got to get inside your brains from like this new angle. And I'll tell you what, combing through some of the answers to like what holds you back? What do you wish would change about your body? Do you feel at peace in your body? Some of the answers y'all sent are honestly like heart-wrenching. And I was combing through them with one of my business coaches and she was like, Jess, I am literally crying through this. How do you sit with these women? And I was like, I, well, I cry with them, to be honest with you. And really, this all comes from this place of just like Feeling that hurt and that struggle with food and body on a very deep level. Friends, I have been there before. I mean, I remember the days when I didn't even want to go out because I felt so disgusting in my body that I couldn't even like fathom being seen in public. So I just would stay home and cry. And, you know, some of you might be there now. Some of you maybe aren't that um, far on the spectrum and it's more of like an everyday like chipping away at you and you're able to manage and function it's just kind of like this voice in the back of your head so wherever you are in this I just I want you to know like I feel it for you and I'm really excited because I think today is going to help us identify some of the things that might be holding us back so we can break down breakthrough I am a big believer in talking about the hard stuff because when we do that it helps us get through it and guys there is this huge misconception, I think, that we like think if life is easy, we're doing it right. No, no, no. When life is hard, it means we're looking at the hard stuff and we're working on the things that help us to grow. So some of these topics might be a little like oh, painful to look at, but hang in there with me because at the end of it, our goal and my mission here is to help you break through so that, again, you can not just feel good but and be encouraged in your journey, but I want you to be empowered We have this one life to live, and we are here for it, and we're going to give it all we've got, and we have no time, no time for that awesome to be held back by body insecurity or food hangups or feeling guilty while we're eating, feeling like our body isn't what it's supposed to be. No, no, we don't got any time for that today. Hey, awesome. Yeah, I'm talking to you. I know you're ready to stop falling into diet culture traps and finally put together a realistic plan on how to boost your energy. You might feel stuck because you can't quite kick the chocolate habit. The whole body love thing isn't getting the job done. Or maybe you're at an impasse because you are pushing it in the gym, but you can't figure out how and what to eat. How many times have you Googled best diet and found that the latest trend has failed you? Hey girl, I'm Jess registered dietitian, wife, mama, and total science and nutrition research junkie. I too used to be stuck in the cycle of insecurity and never feeling like my body was good enough. Then I tried to fix it with food only to end up right back where I started. I did some really hard work. I found food freedom, but then I was confused on how to eat healthy and get fit without falling back into diet culture crazy. I wish someone would have taught me the difference between discipline and obsession. I wanted to be the healthiest version of myself by balancing healthy eating with food freedom. 
Like how do I actually eat healthy, get fit, and have donuts with my kids? It wasn't until I figured out this awesome balance between discipline and permission, the art of intentional eating with sprinkles of flexibility. The empowered eating model was born. Here on the show, we nix diet culture while creating values-based health goals. We reconnect with how our body responds to food through biofeedback, all the while figuring out a plan on how to get healthy and fit without sacrificing the most meaningful parts of life. Sustainability doesn't mean never eating your favorite foods again. I mean, pizza is life, right? (laughs) We are here to finally not just feel comfortable, but confident in our body. I am so excited to fuel your awesome with empowered eating. Head on over to JessBrownRD.com and grab my three steps to empowered eating guide totally free or hop onto my e-course food foundations to get the step-by-step deets on how I got here. All right, you ready to take your inner awesome to the next level? So grab that cup of coffee, lace up those running shoes because girl, it's time to go. All right, friends. So I have honestly like a million things that might be keeping you from food freedom. But what I've tried to do is like pack them down into these seven more major categories. And these are the ones that I see to be the most common in the clients that I work with. They're the ones I definitely felt when I was struggling with my own food journey. And so my hope is that like they either hit the nail on the head and you're like, yes, Jess. I feel that, like I resonate with that. Or they might like open a doorway for you to dive deeper into something else. So just listen with an open mind and the goal of today is for you to unpack some of the hangups that might be holding you back so we can break through. You guys ready? Okay, so the first topic item that might be keeping you from food freedom is searching for fast but not good results. How many times do you feel like you want so badly for your body to change that you feel this sense of urgency. And so we're looking for really fast results. I truly believe that if women gave themselves, I don't know, one to two years instead of one to two weeks or one to two months to see changes in their health, they would feel a lot more empowered because you do something for one to two years, girlfriends, you are going to see major changes for the better. Like if you start adding exercise into your life and you do it at a pace that's sustainable, you do that for one to two years. Oh my gosh. Can you imagine how in shape you're going to be in a year? But the problem is, is we want really fast results and we want to ramp it up so fast that we we see it like in one to two weeks, even just one to two months. And in reality, it's going to take more time to build those sustainable outcomes that we're looking for. And this could be in anything, guys. This could be an eating disorder recovery. This could be in weight loss. This could be in increasing your fitness level. This could be lowering your cholesterol. Like we can apply this to any realm of health goals. And I think we're going to be a lot more successful if we just expand our time zone or our time frame in which we're looking for these outcomes. Now, I know we live in this world of instant gratification. I can literally order something and it's on my doorstep in one to two days. In some places, if you if you live like in some of these major cities, you can have it within a couple of hours. So it makes sense that we are wanting more instant gratification, but this is where that values piece is so valuable. Values are valuable. <laughs> Write that down. Um, when we're trying to make these goals and we get tempted by those quick results, go back to those values, like the reason why. We have to have the why in front of us because it's going to help us be in it for the long run. Okay, so that's number one, looking for fast but not good results. 
Number two is resistance to natural change. Okay, now this one is not going to be loved by everyone, but friends, aging is real. It happens. It's what we do. And we have in our society put it as such a negative thing when I mean, in reality, aging is wonderful. It means we're still here. <laughs> like, I'm just laughing. I'm thinking of my, like, boobs in particular <laughs> because they used to be so perky. And, you know, post-kids and breastfeeding, like, I need a serious bra to keep them in place. Now, this is just one example. And there's other things, of course, that come with aging, though. And some of that is, like, changes in muscle structure and changes in our hip width, changes in our face. And, you know, I get there's, like, this fine line. On, on the one hand, we do want to like resist or or not amplify aging, right? So I, when it comes to like muscle mass, for example, there's a natural decline in our muscle tissue and our ability to turn over muscle as we age. And really this is begins like past the age of 30. Now we can do some things to slow that process, such as lifting heavy weights, increasing our protein intake, being mindful of how we stratify protein throughout the day so there are some things we can do you know it's the same for like mental health there is a cognitive decline that naturally happens but if we keep our brain engaged or we keep our our movement up they're finding that it can prevent or delay um, or manage the onset of alzheimer's so there are things we can do and at the same time we have to hold space for the natural process like it is part of life my crow's feet are are evidence of my smiles and I can fight them with Botox for a while if I really want to and at the same time at some point I'm going to have to accept that it's a natural part of the process so this is hard this one's I think a little bit trickier especially for women because it is so highly valued in our culture to have like a youthful appearance but I don't know my hope is that I'm gonna age with grace I really want to I've decided already that I want to be a hairdresser in my 50s, and for a long time, I thought that was not okay. Like, who's going to go to a 50-year-old hairdresser? And then I decided, no, I'm going to be the most badass hairdresser that has ever existed in her 50s. (laughs) You know, we can reinvent these things and create our life the way we want it to be, and the lie that age is a flaw, it's a lie. It is something crafted by our culture, diet culture, wellness culture, whatever we want to category we want to put it in, but it's not true. And so I think when we can come to accept this and look at aging from a, you know, just more of a gift, like we're still here and there's wisdom that comes with that. I mean, when I think of my friends who are 10, 20, 30, even 40 years older than me, I just want to know their stuff. Like I want to know their life experience. I'm like, tell me your secrets because they've been through more than me. So all that to say, (laughs) one of the things I think really holds people up back from finding food freedom is not giving themselves the grace to embrace the natural changes that our body goes through. And this this isn't just age, actually. This is also like post-baby. After high school, I have many clients who come in in their 30s to 50s that are upset that they don't weigh what they weighed in high school. Guys, in high school, you had zero responsibilities. And all we were worried about was like chasing the cute boy or what clothes we were wearing. <laughs> or I don't know what you guys were into, but that's what I was preoccupied with. <laughs> and it was like, I didn't have any of this other stuff. I was sleeping great because I had no stress in my life. Now we're juggling a lot. So to think that those don't play a role in our health and our body and how our body holds weight is, it's crazy. We've got to embrace the natural changes that come and give ourselves some grace for that. Okay, I could obviously talk about this one for a long time. (laughs) Uh, The third one that I have is unrealistic expectations. And I actually talked about this one 
um, a couple weeks ago on my podcast when we were talking about resetting for the fall and kind of reevaluating our our goals. But I do see people have really unrealistic expectations based on their capacity. So I think it's really important to have these conversations with your spouse, your your loved ones, good friends, mentors. Maybe you do have a therapist or a dietitian in your corner, but talking through like the goals you're after and what you're expecting out of that is it in alignment with one reality, two Um, what you have the capacity to do and the skills to do. And, you know, if the answer is no to that, it's not necessarily a bad thing. I mean, in some cases, we can increase our capacity or we can get additional resources to help us reach those goals. But in other times, it helps us reevaluate and redefine success in a way that is more attainable. And that is such a better place to live, such a better place to live. So we've got to align our expectations with what is realistic for us. Number four is not living in the present. So you might be keeping yourself from food freedom if you aren't able to be in the present moment. And this really comes from my eating disorder background. I see a lot of folks, and I remember doing this too when I was struggling with my disorder. It's like we can't be in the present moment because it's so stressful or we don't know how to manage feelings that aren't good. I mean, that was my thing. It's like if I didn't feel good, if it was a bad emotion, I had a really hard time sitting with it. And because of that, I needed coping tools, right? And so a lot of times food became a coping tool. It became something that soothed me. And so learning how to be present in the moment allows us to not use avoidant behavior, which a lot of us do with food. Like it is something that many of us do. So no shame in it, guys. I can't tell you. I I almost wish I could record this and share it with you. I mean, I never would, but it's like, For every woman that tells me she has hidden in her pantry and like stuffed her face with some sort of chocolate or candy or jelly beans and like not told anyone they're hiding from their family, their kids, and they're just eating in their secret closet, it's like, you guys aren't alone. You're not alone. But a lot of that avoidant behavior or avoidant coping tool is because we are having a really hard time being in the present moment. So this one does go a bit deeper. I mean, sometimes the present moment is just unbearable. Maybe you're in an unsafe environment, relationships aren't good, um, kids are just like too much. When I'm thinking of like the mom eating in the closet, that's what I'm thinking of. Like the kids are so loud, being present sounds awful. (laughs) But if we're in that kind of life rhythm or that season of life, friends, you guys, we need to get some more help. And it's okay to get extra help and support in those seasons because life is really hard sometimes and we need that. But I think if we can give ourselves the help where we really need it, we can come back to food and learn how to be present and mindful with it. That's where we can start learning about our own biofeedback. We can actually start to set goals with our food. It's a really great way to open up a more um, like logical and like scientific relationship with food. And if we don't do this step, we wind up like trying to use food to fix our problems, right? whether that's like obsessing about keto or maybe getting into some disordered eating or being so obsessed with healthy eating, it's a distraction. So learning how to be present in the moment does wonders for not just like healing our own emotional balance, but also opens up these doors to have a more like platonic relationship with food. And in Food Foundations, this is something that we do focus on is learning how to like separate our values and figure out how health fits into that instead of putting health 
at the top of the list or in most cases it's like weight loss right that becomes at the top of the list but I think it's really important because that's going to help us be mindful it's going to help us be present with whatever's going on in life and get the appropriate support and help that we need so in food foundations, we really work on laying de- that like definition of healthy, that definition of our values and getting really clear on that before we add in a fuel plan. Trust me, it works way better this way, <laughs> way better this way to do that foundational work first and then add in fuel plans and then try to eat more fruits and veggies. Okay, so that's number four. Going on to number five, this might be keeping you from food freedom. And I see this so often. I see this to be something that really taints our view of our body and the access to food that we have. And that is a lack of gratitude. When we are in a place of shame, which I I blame diet culture and wellness culture for this, it tends to taint our view of what we do have and we, gratitude goes out the window. So what I mean by that is like if you're in a body that you have been told is bad or wrong or not the right size or perhaps like your body has experienced something that has made you feel like it's bad, whether that's trauma or um, bullying. I mean, there are so many things that can put us into this shame box when it comes to our body. But when we get there, we tend to like just focus on the negative and we completely forget about the things that are going right. This is an exercise I do with lots of clients and they get so annoyed with me, but it works every time. <laughs> and I actually, full disclaimer, I totally do this with myself and I get annoyed with it too. <laughs> so if I ever do this to you, f- full permission slip to be annoyed, but please try it because it's very helpful. Um, when you're in that space of just like negativity, negativity, it feels dark, it feels hopeless, I want to know five things that have gone right. So if we're talking about body image and you're like, I just feel disgusting. My body's awful. You know, it's sick. Like whatever the list is, like tell me five things your body is doing right. Tell me five things your body is doing well for you today. And sometimes it's hard at first because people think like, well, oh, my body's gross. It's just like they can't get past it. But if you stop and let's name some of the very basic everyday stuff that your body does and build from there. Well, my lungs are breathing, even though I don't like, you know, maybe you don't like the size of your rib cage or whatever, but your lungs are working like they are breathing and, and they're keeping you here. Okay. And when my fingers work, my hands work, I was able to pick up my cup of coffee and enjoy that this morning. Uh, my arms worked and I was able to hug my kids. You know, we can build on this and looking for the things to be grateful for. It doesn't necessarily make the bad stuff go away, but it shifts our lens and it changes how we see things putting us into a posture or a position that maybe we could actually make some change and get some headway on the things we're working on. Okay, so the sixth and final thing that might be keeping you from food freedom is not allowing yourself to find satisfaction in food. I know, I know, it is very scary to give yourself that permission slip, especially if you have been in a food restricted state for a long time or maybe you've had certain food groups that are totally off limits because if you give yourself permission to have them you're going to go overboard this is something i wish i could bottle so badly in a pill and give it to everybody (laughs) because every single time someone comes and they're ready to work on this it's life-changing when we allow ourselves to have food and find satisfaction in it, not just like eat a bowl of ice cream, but eat a kind of ice cream that you like and enjoy and in a quantity that feels good, 
it's a game changer, friends. And sure, there may be a time where that pendulum has to swing back and maybe the ice cream serving's a little bit bigger than it needs to be for the long run. But here's the deal. When we value our body beyond just our body fat percentage or just our silhouette or just the size of it, we can give ourselves that grace to work through the full process. And I know this is scary, which is why there are people like me out there supporting people and in your corner because it can be really hard to not go back to the old stuff, but it is worth it. And usually, I would say like 99% of the time, that season of maybe overindulging, if you want want to call it that, I wouldn't, but you might. If that comes, it comes back very, very quickly. It's usually a few weeks that people explore food and enjoy it, and then the pendulum swings back. Now, maybe it's been longer than you wanted um, because you haven't put attention to it, but here you are, like listening to this podcast. That tells me you're ready to make that transition and maybe put a little bit more intentionality. And that, again, we talk a lot about that in Food Foundations, and we're talking about it in Next Level Nutrition right now, but where we we really look at biofeedback and what our body's saying about food. It's, it's such a cool process, but that pendulum has to swing in order for you to come back to this platonic relationship with food. So not allowing yourself to find satisfaction, I believe, really sets you up to overeat. I mean, when people say, I can't have candy in the house because when I have it, I overeat. And I'm like, well, yeah, you overeat it because you can't have it. (laughs) Like That's a natural response. You put that candy in your house and you see it every day, you might overeat it for a time, but eventually you're going to get sick of those Reese's or you're going to get sick of the Hershey Kisses. Because if you're really being mindful and present with the food, like we were talking about earlier, after a while, it loses its flavor. I mean, it is it is food and it is a inanimate object that doesn't have power over you if you don't let it. So yeah, that's a big one. Whew, I just like covered that really fast. So to be fair, <laughs> it can take time to work through all of those. I went through them quickly, but it can be a journey to go through them. My hope is that you at least identified with a few of them and it gives you some things to maybe look at and work on. You know, maybe learning to be a little bit mindful for your with your food is is your next step. And that might be just sitting down to eat instead of doing it on the go all the time or taking an actual lunch break. Like how many of us do that? I'm laughing because I, I don't. <laughs> I should totally do this this week. You know what? I will. I'm going to try it. Let's do it together. Maybe that one wasn't what you necessarily vibed with this morning, but maybe it's lack of gratitude. Maybe we need to start working on shifting the way we see things and looking for the things to be thankful for just as much as we look for the things that we're not totally satisfied with. And that little gratitude goes a long way. Wherever you decide to start in your food freedom journey, I want you to know this. Doing these things is hard but it is worth it because once you find that food freedom, you can then move beyond that to empowered eating where we use food for what it was meant to be, which is fuel and helping us live our strongest, most energetic life so we can share that awesome. You guys can spread your awesome anywhere and everywhere you go. Friends, I am so excited for you to do this. Let me know how it goes. If you enjoyed this episode, will you do me a favor? Will you pause right now and leave me a review? 
review. That really helps me spread the word, and I would be so, so grateful. And if you're thinking you want more support, head on over to JessBrownRD.com. I've got all my resources there. You can learn about working with me one-on-one. You can learn about my Food Foundations e-course, or if you're looking for more of the community and the group, I will be launching Next Level Nutrition again in January, so you can get on the wait list for that. Friends, it is always a pleasure to be in your ear. I am so grateful that you're here. I am wishing you an awesome, awesome day. Cheers and happy eating. Thank you so much for joining me today. I hope it strengthened your food journey and empowered you to live boldly in your body. Real quick, sister, before you go, if you liked today's episode, the best way you can thank me is head on over to iTunes, Fuel Her Awesome Podcast, leave a review and subscribe. Then take a screenshot and share it on your social media. Don't forget to tag me at JessBrownRD. And if you're looking for more resources, be sure to check out my website, JessBrownRD.com. I've got info on my e-course, Fuel Her Awesome, Food Foundations, my 10-step ebook on how to beat body bullying, and so much more. I cannot wait to chat with you babes again. Until next time, cheers and happy eating.